Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast and our Scares and Dares episode where we review our favorite horror movie scare of the week and give you the NFL player prop bets we dare to make. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time and with me as always in Scares and Dares is senior staff writer Joanne Kong. How are you doing? Good. Hi everyone. All right. We all had a fill of Thanksgiving food and turkey and all the leftovers and i'm sure you're ready for something new everybody and sorry you didn't get around to making any bets for you last week because quite frankly we fell asleep after eating i'm sorry about that that didn't didn't work out for us after all and drinking and drinking okay fine that's the most important part of it there i didn't want to admit it on radio but here we are uh anyway we got lots to talk about today so you know what Let's, let's not waste any time let's go ahead and get this thing rolling All right, we're going to start today with our review of our horror movie Scare of the Week, and that's the 2022 movie Barbarian, which is now streaming on HBO Max. And, of course, this movie is one hour and 42 minutes. Uh, actually, a little bit more uh, brisker than some other movies, but no less dense. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this movie. Uh, directed by Zach Krieger and produced by um, Arnon Milton, Roy Lee, Raphael McGrills, J.D. Lifshitz, and others, and written also by Zach Krieger. This was actually released in theaters on September 9th of 2022, but actually got a uh, world premiere at Comic-Con on July 22nd. And we were at Comic-Con, but did not go to the premiere of Barbarian. No, we weren't invited. (laughs) (laughs) And actually, I don't even know it was an invite situation. It may have been just like we didn't realize it. (laughs) There was so much going on. Uh, But it was actually, uh, it got great reviews from that uh, world release. And then it got released in theaters on September 9th and got streaming released on October 25th on um, HBO Max. And it has, and it's gotten quite, quite a bit of buzz. Um, based around this. But as usual, we'll give you a little bit of background on the story, and then we'll go ahead and uh, give you our thoughts on it and give you our scarometer and our horror movie review in terms of uh, our uh, star system. But um, there's lots to talk about here, so let's just go ahead and get started on this. So this one actually is interesting because it's kind of a movie in three parts, and I'm going to give you a little bit of background on the first part. I'm not going to tell you about the second two because it really does give a lot away. But um, traveling to Detroit for a job interview, Tess Marshall books a strangely well-kept rental home via Airbnb in the rundown Brightmoor neighborhood. But when she arrives late at night, she discovers that the house is double booked and a strange man by the name of Keith Toshko is already staying there. Now, after weighing her options and perhaps against her better judgment, she decides to accept Keith's offer to, stay, to share the home for an evening. Um, after he, she warms up to him over several hours of small talk and a glass of wine. So this starts kind of a, a number of different things. But the next morning, Keith leaves her today. Tess goes to her interview. And interestingly, the woman who is interviewing her, when she finds out where she's staying, warns her that she should not be staying in that area where she has the Airbnb. And Tess ignores this, telling her there's nothing to be worried about. She's tough and, and it's not a big deal. So she returns to the house and is suddenly chased inside by what appears to be a homeless man yelling that she must leave. 
she's shaken by this entire thing and she's wondering what's happening. She calls the police to no avail and afterwards, out of curiosity, ventures into the basement and gets locked downstairs and stumbles upon a hidden corridor. Uh, now, Tess soon discovers that there's a lot more to fear than just an unexpected house guest. So this movie, again, like I mentioned, happens in three parts. And part one follows Tess in the house. Part two is a flashback. And part three um, is really about Justin Long's character, because you might know, not know that uh, he is part of the movie. And he plays A.J. Gilbride, who is a sitcom actor who's facing accusations of sexual misconduct by his co-star. And then it kind of follows his interaction with the house. So I'm going to stop there because one of the nicest, best things about this movie is not knowing about it. <laughs> so what do you think about this movie, Joanne? Um, I liked it. I, I think like when you first watch it, uh, maybe if anyone has ever thought of going into an Airbnb or have done an Airbnb, I think like the scariest part is that, you know, you're like your worst fears about an Airbnb come true. <laughs> right, One, right. you're double booked. And then two, you know, there's a secret passageway. I yes. mean, both are very bad. Yes, yes. Secret passageway is never a good thing. Nothing you want to find in an Airbnb. Like secret tunnel, secret passageway, nope. you know, a nope. secret door. Nope. I mean, I guess in some ways it could be cool, but like in very rare circumstances, yeah. has it ever, ever worked out? If they've seen any B-rate horror movie of any kind, you know that secret anything is bad. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I think like the setup was done really well. And yeah, it was a it was a thriller. Like we always make this differentiation because everyone says horror. Well, it, it was. I mean, there were and horror aspects. Of it. There are horror aspects, which is why I, you know, I think it's just like it's just so lumped in. Um, but I, I feel like it is a more like thriller horror, not horror thriller. Right. I mean, like if okay. If that's a good difference. A thriller in the horror subgenre as yeah. opposed to horror in the thriller subgenre. Right. Okay, I get it. So, I mean, because there are scary aspects, but it wasn't really a scary movie. There was some violence, <laughs> I'd say. But violence doesn't necessarily mean horror. Yeah, but bloody violence, I would say. So you're going to say every action movie is a horror movie? Well, not. I mean, this is a little bit different, you know, though. This wasn't like guns blazing and people like, you know. No, it's not guns blazing, but you have action movies where, you know, people are like beaten up to a pulp and there's a lot of blood and like you yeah, are cut by knives not by I the mean, pro, not by the antagonist like in this movie though so, <laughs> and, and and uh, you know I, I wanted to comment on that but you know we don't want to give anything away yeah but yeah you know and even the the antagonist i don't really know i mean the initial reaction might be horror like scary yeah. but i think like that soon fades when you find out more about them well i think that's the nice thing about the movie is that they do give you a lot of explanation as to why things are going the way they are and they give and they leave a lot of open for um interpretation it definitely does well. and even with the title absolutely absolutely the title uh, very very much open for interpretation there's some clear um intent here from the writer director to uh create a metaphor to more society today and how women are treated in society today and, and I, not just women, but like also like how human beings behave. Oh, sure. How, how human beings treat each other. Absolutely. When push comes to shove, how do human beings uh, ultimately treat each other? And how would we perceive other people, right? Like, uh, like uh, Andre, the homeless man, where 
initially Tess runs from because she's like terrified. Right. Oh, but why wouldn't you be like, this is a strange man. Like, And he's yelling at her yeah. and saying, you must leave. So clearly that, that's not something that you usually want to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I got on, in all honesty, even though the Airbnb was like very nice looking, mm. I mean, this isn't a really rundown, depressed neighborhood of Detroit. Like, why would you ever stay there? Well, I, I think the thing though is that, um, and this doesn't give anything away, but she arrives at nighttime in the rain. She does. She so she didn't really have a chance to really assess what the neighborhood looked like um, coming in. She had a hard time even finding the place, really, with the rain coming down. It only becomes evident to the viewer and to her uh, later on in the, the in next the, day. Yeah, yeah, the next day that, that the rest of the neighborhood doesn't match the house. You know, and, and then it's and then it's still like up to the viewer to determine whether this is metaphorical or if this is real, you know, like yeah. this is actually a better house or there's something else going on here um, artistically. But cer- certainly I think there is a kind of parallel between um, the treatment and of, of women in society today. And they certainly uh, parallel that in many different tracks here. So that it's not only with Justin Long um, subplot about him being uh, facing accusations of misconduct from his co-star, which clearly was a big part of his character uh, and what happens to him in the movie, but certainly just subtext throughout the movie and following Tess and her kind of what happens to her. So I think there's a lot, a lot there. But anyway, so that being said, without giving too much uh, away, I'm going to go ahead and go back and go and tell you what the, um, uh, the critics and the audience says uh, on the tomato meter, it's got 92% on 192 reviews. Critics' consensus is smart, darkly humorous, and above all, scary. Barbarian offers a chilling and consistently unpredictable thrill ride for horror fans. Okay, so there you go. That's what critics say. Audience score of 71%, 1,000-plus verified ratings. Audience says, the less you know going into Barbarian, the better, but be prepared for an ending that might rub you the wrong way. Okay, so there it is. What did you think about this movie? Give us your scare. First of all, what do you like most and what do you like least about the movie? Um, what I liked most about the movie was really how it was told. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how he really broke it up. I know you said three parts, which is accurate because you do have, you know, the initial arrival of Tess and, you know, going back in time Flashback. and then Justin Long's character. Right. So that is right. Um, but like, I like how it was broken up. It almost seemed like a three part anthology, mm-hmm. not really one movie. Right. So, I mean, but in, yeah, it's an anthology that was connected. Right. right. It's all connected. Right. I mean, it's all connected, but, and I, so I find like that was what I liked because I thought that was most interesting how it, he told the story that way because it almost seemed like, and not taking away from when they went back in time, but like the 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 first part with Tess going into the Airbnb and then Justin Long's introduction, mm-hmm. it almost seemed like you know two separate stories being told, totally. one story. Right, right. No, I agree with that. So you like that? Do you like the way they uh, they managed? I, I thought it was interesting how they broke it up. It had it had a little bit of a Quentin Tarantino feel to it. Yeah, because like Justin Long had no part in the initial part of the movie. Right. He had right. no part. I mean, like I was just like I know he was in it, but I'm like. Who the hell is he, you yeah. know, in this movie? Right, like, and you, you don't get introduced to his character until two-thirds through the movie, yeah. or at least halfway through the movie. So, I mean, it's, it is kind of interesting um, what how they integrate all that. Right, and his story is very, is is just like, it's connected, but at the same time, like, oh, you wouldn't have expected that. Right, right. It, I thought the, I, what I liked most about the movie is that it was unpredictable. I did like that. I do agree with the audience reaction that generally the less you know about the movie, the better you will enjoy it more just trying to figure it out with the characters as you go along. I think that is, that is actually true. What do you like least about the movie? 
Um, you know what? I I wrote this down, but like I. Okay, I was trying to figure out how to put it so you don't give anything away. Right. But the people who die in this movie, mm-hmm. I I understand why it happens, but I don't like it. You don't like it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to say this. I, I don't like the way it ended. <laughs> and I think that might have something to do with yes, that. Yes, with the way people, right. with the way with who died, yes. Yes, right. So anyway, so that's that. You guys are going to have to watch it in order to figure out what we're talking about here. But give us a 1 to 10 scare meter, 10 being, oh, my God, it's totally frightening, 0 being it's bluey on netflix three three not scary at all what okay i gave it a six i actually thought it was pretty scary there were some tense moments in there there were tense moments but i didn't really find them scary okay yeah all right right. that's fair you're entitled to your own opinion stars one to four what did you give it 2.5 2.5 that's quite a bit lower i gave it a 3.5 i loved it i thought there was a lot of subtext there and i really enjoyed the movie you know i rarely give things a really high rating and i don't know why that is and i feel like you just hate movies. <laughs> no, I, don't. I just think like I, two point five is a good is a good movie. No, it's for solid. Me. It's, it's a, a movie you would watch. For, it's yes, a movie you'd it's watch. a movie I would watch. But I don't know if I would watch it again. And, well, yes, I, I guess that it's a movie I would watch again with a bunch of film majors. I guess <laughs> because I guess we, there would be a lot to talk about there. I don't want to watch it to enjoy it, right? Yes. I don't think that I would want to try to enjoy the movie again. Uh, again, watching it without any knowledge as to what happened right. is the Because now you kind of know, and it would be interesting, I guess, to, you know, go and watch it again to pick it apart, like right. you said, with film majors. Yep. But, yeah, it's like, I think, like, a 2.5 for me is a really solid movie. It's a good movie. I just don't know if I would watch it again. I understand. All right. So, you gave it a 2.5. I give it a 3.5. That is Barbarian, available for streaming on HBO Max. Go check it out. I think we both agree it's worth watching. It is It is definitely worth watching. A really well put together film. Yes. All right. We agree with that. Let's hit the boxing bell on that and get down to our NFL prop bets that we dare to make. In week 13. So, Joanne, what's your first prop bet of the week? So, my first prop bet is Traylon Burks from Tennessee. And it is 39.5 total receiving yards. And I picked the over. The over. Okay. Well, tell us why. Well, Traylon Burks went from obscure to a notable rookie. uh, For this season. Well, I mean, to, to to be fair, he went from like... Big time rookie to obscure to notable rookie, <laughs> right? I mean, he, he, like, I well, he I mean, had a lot of buzz, did nothing. Right, that's right. And then did nothing for a really long time, and then suddenly he has just like, you know, broken through. And I don't yeah. know if that's well. Because come, he, had, he obviously is healthy now, so maybe that has something to do with maybe, it. Maybe, but like, I mean, he's been out there like for most of the games. Um, but like, uh, Ryan Tannehill obviously just did not feel like. He was worth his time, but suddenly, yeah. you know, you know, he has just been out there, and he's just been doing great. The last two games, he has put up 101, 181 uh, receiving yards uh-huh. over the last two games, yep. and I just think like 40 is a low number for him. Mm-hmm. Like as long, and and the, I think that the only problem, the only thing you're gonna see is that. I think now teams know that Burks is a threat. Yeah. Which I could see why he might not get, you know, um, he might not put up 40 points. Mm-hmm. I, I understand why people think that because the Eagles have the second best, you know, pass defense in the league right now. Sure. And but that, but and and to their credit, they have been doing a solid job. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that in that Tennessee 
won't get anything in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, like the, the Green Bay put up like, you know, uh, 253 passing yards uh-huh. last, uh, last week. Yep. I mean, that's huge, right? Yep. You wouldn't expect that. And granted, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is not Aaron Rodgers, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers is an Aaron Rodgers. Not so anymore, at least. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Right. So, but yeah, like, I mean, Philadelphia has been doing great. I mean, Traylon Burks um, is just like really on fire right now. Sure. So I want, I really want to believe that he could get at least 40 receiving yards. Well, since coming back from injury, Traylon Burks has had a significant increase in target share. So I'm, I'm on board with this. I mean, before that, he was averaging about three targets per game. In the last three games, he's had six, eight, and six targets. So clearly, as you say, uh, Tannehill has found him. Yeah. <laughs> so he was lost before. He found him now. All right. So I'm on board with that. With the over for Traylon Burks. Okay. My first pick of the week is Trevor Lawrence. And his over-under bet is 254.5 passing yards against the Detroit Lions. I am taking the over on 254.5 passing yards for Trevor Lawrence against the Detroit Lions this weekend. I'll tell you why. Trevor Lawrence has been playing some of the best football of his career over the last two weeks, including a miraculous 75-yard drive in under two minutes, no timeouts, stunned the Baltimore Ravens with a touchdown and two-point conversion, resulting in a one-point victory from behind. Over the last three weeks, Lawrence has averaged 271.7 passing yards per game. Again, 271.7, more than 254.5. Now he gets to face the Detroit Lions, who allow the fourth most passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. That's 259.5 passing yards per game to opposing quarterbacks. Guess what? 259.5, also more than 254.5. Jacksonville is favored by just one point against the Lions with a rocking 51.5 over under. That's a lot of points that's going to be scored. I see this game as a shootout that's going to fly under the radar for betters. I see Lawrence continuing to fire away. And guess what? As a bonus prop, I'd even take the over on Christian Kirk's receiving yards because I think that they're going to go bonkers this weekend against the Detroit Lions. So that's my pick. The over on 254.5 passing yards for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, it's unfortunate he's doing so well. I know, I know. I, we we never were big fans of Trevor Lawrence. No, he just has that punchable face. He does, know? he does, he does. But he throws a lot of uh, he throws for a lot of yards. So I'm gonna, I'm going to bet on him this week. All right, <laughs> who's your second pick of the week? Uh, my second pick is also a quarterback. I picked Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. for Philadelphia yep. against Tennessee against Traylon Burks. Yep. Two seventy nine point five total passing and rushing yards, and I picked the over. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the Eagles have been, I hate to say this, a powerhouse this year. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts has a lot to do with that. Like, he also has been playing some of his best football this season. I agree. Um, I mean, I would say some of his best football in his career, for sure. I mean, like, honestly, like, I feel like, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts might have, you know, signed some deal with the devil. I don't know. <laughs> the devil obviously needed a lot of souls this year, and there you go. Well, a lot of people wanted a lot of things. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But whatever, it's working. It's working for Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts um, this season, although uh, Philadelphia has only had one loss this season, and that is to Washington. Yep. He has had four games where he was under 279.5 passing and rushing yards. And right. that was to Indianapolis. Right. Surprising. That's shocking now. Washington, of course, they lost. Dallas and Jacksonville. Okay. There you go. Jacksonville again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Tennessee has one of the worst 
uh, passing defenses. Yep. <laughs> Which is interesting because the Eagles have one of the best. Yep. But like you know, uh, they're the second worst, you know. <laughs> Pass defense in the league mm-hmm. behind Minnesota, yeah. which is crazy. Because when I saw that, I was like, Minnesota has like the worst. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. That is uh, surprising. But because of this, I I just gotta believe that like you know, two hundred and seventy nine point five like in the air with his legs, like it 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 just would blow my mind if he couldn't do it. Yeah, it would. I mean, like it just would blow my mind. I just don't have anything else to say like yep. he's gonna throw it in the air or he's gonna run it he's been running a lot tennessee yeah. is just lost this season their defense is just lost i don't even know what they're doing right um it's it well without derrick henry uh, roland and they they have a lot uh, to worry about the only thing that you have to worry about i think in this matchup is the fact that the eagles haven't been particularly great at stopping the run and therefore derrick henry gets rolling and they do play a little bit of game control right? they Ball could control. but that doesn't mean that but that doesn't mean that um jalen hurts still won't score no of I course mean, not like, this could be a shootout like last week's game against sure. green bay like yeah. i mean Come on, like they have, they're supposed to have like the best pass defense, and they allowed 253 yards. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. I mean, like, what was the score? Like 33 uh, to 40 or yeah, something like that. 40. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying that this isn't going to be a shootout. I'm not saying that Tennessee's not going to score. I'm just saying that Jalen Hurts will well, also well, score well, because he, Tennessee well, is just. He doesn't necessarily need to score. Just he needs a lot of yards. Right. He doesn't need to score. He just needs to just pass the ball, run the ball a lot. And, and he's been proficient in both sides of that, I think. I just I just don't see how he couldn't do that with how abysmal. Unless something happened with Tennessee. I mean, yeah. maybe Tennessee also has decided to work with the devil. Yeah, I'm entire, sure. who knows? You know, I mean, like I, I said, know. he they could always it, use... Maybe they had devil. a... Good, found a genie in a bottle <laughs> right you know yeah. just a lot of things could happen Derek right henry now. has to re-up with the devil i don't yeah. know i mean there's obviously something some work they got to do there okay so that you got the they got the over there for jalen hurts well on him passing and rushing yards shooting okay. star right shooting star any of those things would work i think um so i my second pick of the uh week is matt ryan so his over under right now on passing yards is 216.5 so that's Matt Ryan against the Dallas Cowboys at 216.5 passing yards. I got the under on that one. So Matt Ryan under 216.5 passing yards. Matt Ryan has been an out and out disaster for the Colts, but thankfully for him, not as bad as Sam Ellinger who briefly replaced him as Frank Wright tried to hail Mary, save his job as head coach of the Colts. That didn't last long. Neither of those things last long. Sam Ellinger's now bench. Reich is now gone. But uh, Ryan has not improved. He's averaged only 211.3 passing yards per game over the last three weeks. I mean, 211.3, I was, I was amazed when I looked at how little that was. And if the Colts want to win, it's pretty clear now that they're going to have to lean more heavily on um, their all-pro running back, Jonathan Taylor. That's the only way they're going to win games, particularly against the surging Dallas Cowboys. They're going to have to keep the Cowboys on the bench, their Cowboys offense on the bench. The less they see of the Cowboys offense, the better. The Colts defense was great when at the beginning of the season has really kind of tapered off recently. And so I think that the only way they win this game is don't throw the ball unless you're just dumping it off to Jonathan Taylor, run the ball as much as possible, play ball control, keep the Cowboys offense off and hope that you win by a score at the end of the game. That's the only way the Colts win this. I mean, making it worse for Ryan, the Dallas Cowboys allow the least passing yards per game opposing quarterbacks only 177.7 yards per game guess what 177.7 less than 216.5 
his average over the last three games to 11.3, less than 216.5. Like I said, I know 216.5, it's a low number for passing yards, but if the Colts exceed that, if Matt Ryan exceeds that, it was not by design. Okay. That was something horribly wrong has happened with the Colts. If they exceed that. So I am sticking with the under for Matt Ryan on 216.5 total passing yards against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Dallas has the best passing defense right now and, Matt Ryan has, I mean, it's really time for him to, I think, retire. Yeah, probably time to retire. Probably time to retire. Or I'm sorry, Matt Ryan. Or go to the Washington Commanders because the Commanders love picking up that left hand. No. They think up, you know, okay, Carson Wentz, you know, and did Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why not take a swing at Matt Ryan, Commanders? You know, why not? All right, that's all the time we got. Let's put the air horn on the show. Joanne, why don't you give us the social media so uh, people can follow you? at Kung Fu for you on Twitter. All right. And feel free to tweet at her about what you think about her picks. They've been pretty decent. Not, I mean, recently there was a little, little bump in the road in the middle of the season, but it's been pretty, it's been okay so far. Uh, and as usual, thank you all for listening and wasting time for us. You can find me at Twitter at FB Garbage Time or on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. Until next time, watch those horror movie scares, make those NFL player prop bet dares and enjoy your NFL week. Good luck, everyone.